Hey, veterans. Welcome to the VA Claims Insider Podcast. We are veterans helping veterans get the VA disability rating and compensation you deserve. I'm your host, Air Force Service Disabled Veteran Brian Reese, and each week we share VA disability claim tips, tricks, strategies, and lessons learned to help you win, service connect, and get rated at the appropriate level, even if you've already filed or been denied. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode. Hey, veterans, Brian Reese here, the VA Claims Insider, coming at you live from uh, Austin, Texas. Uh, I wanted to do this video today because I think it is so crucial uh, for all of you veterans. Lots of veterans in our community suffer from some type of mental health condition, okay, whether that's PTSD or some type of other mental health condition. And so in today's video, I just, I really want to add some clarity uh, and some deep understanding for you guys who might be struggling or frustrating into how you file a VA claim for PTSD or any other type of mental health condition. Okay, again, Brian Reese here, uh, Air Force Service Disabled Vet uh, and founder of VA Claims Insider. Uh, our mission, bottom line, we're veterans helping veterans get the VA disability rating and compensation you deserve. All right, we do that by providing expert medical consulting. Okay, so if you need some help, feel free to check out our website there on the bottom. Now, otherwise, let's, uh, let's get going here and we'll step through this. So, okay, bottom line, are you even eligible for some type of a mental health claim under the law? Okay, in order to be, you must meet these three criteria. Okay, so the first one is you must have a medical diagnosis of post-traumatic stress disorder or some other type of mental health condition like major depressive disorder, generalized anxiety disorder. Um, there's all kinds of them, uh, which we'll step through here, that aren't necessarily PTSD. Now, a lot of vets are confused here because they say, well, what do you mean, Brian? I, I know I have it, right? I've got nightmares. I have panic attacks. I've got anxiety. You can't just file a VA claim if you don't have a diagnosis, okay? So on a VA medical record or on military service records or any private records, you must have a medical diagnosis of a mental health condition that's confirmed by a U.S. board certified psychologist or a U.S. board certified psychiatrist, okay? So if you're hearing my voice right now and you're like, Brian, I've got some major mental health stuff going on. I know I have PTSD, but I've never gone to the doctor. Get your butt to the doctor, okay? That's, that's your fellow veteran push there is go get help, all right? I, I want you, number one, to get the help that you need for you and your family, all right? And then the second part is it's gonna be absolutely crucial for your VA disability claim. Okay, so number one, you must have a medical diagnosis and it must be documented on some type of a medical record, okay? The second part is the disability. So your mental health condition must have been caused or made worse by your active duty military service. Now that's what's referred to legally as the nexus, okay? And so I think where a lot of veterans go wrong here is they aren't clear in their statements in support of the claim or in a buddy letter or in documentation of how your mental health condition was caused or made worse, okay? So 
That's why if you've ever logged into your eBenefits account and you see things that say not service connected, all right, it's not that the VA is disagreeing that you have a diagnosis. They're disagreeing that the condition was caused or made worse by your active duty service, okay? So be very clear with your nexus statements. Um, when you're writing to VA raters, they take your personal statements and your buddy letters very seriously. And I've got uh, some tips here coming up uh, on the nexus, okay? And so if, one, if number one is yes, if number two is clear, then the VA is gonna look to, okay, does the veteran have persistent and reoccurring symptoms of PTSD or other mental health conditions into the present day? That's what a VA Claims Insider, we call that severity of symptoms. Ultimately, for any mental health claim, your level of occupational and social impairment is what ultimately determines your rating percentage. Okay, and we'll go through the scale here um, in a little bit. All right. Lots of vets get this confused, which is why I want to bring this up. In general, there are three types of mental health claims uh, that the VA is going to look at. The first is PTSD combat. Now, what that means is if you've served in a combat operation, like you're, you were in Vietnam, you were an Iraq or Afghanistan vet, um, clearly that would be some type of a combat situation where you can potentially link to in-service stressors, okay? And that's the fear or hostility of death uh, or terrorist activity, okay? So PTSD combat is one. The second one is anything PTSD non-combat. So things like a car accident, stress from your job at home station, um, military sexual trauma. So uh, if you've ever been uh, sexually harassed or assaulted while on active duty, that would be PTSD MST, okay? That's a, a non-combat related form of post-traumatic stress disorder. And then the third type is all other mental health conditions. There's 37 of them total under the law, okay? That's in ECFR uh, Title 38, Part 4, the schedule for rating disabilities. You can Google that right now. There's 37 of them. It includes things like eating disorders, mood disorders, um, depression, anxiety, okay? So don't just limit yourself to PTSD but I'm gonna step through here and you're gonna, I think, leave this video with a deep understanding of, okay, post-traumatic stress disorder is not the same as an other mental health condition. And you might have more than one diagnosis, by the way, okay? So, you heard me mention this already. The difference between PTSD and other mental health conditions, all right, things like major depressive disorder or generalized anxiety disorder, is that they always, PTSD claims always have a clear in-service stressor, okay? What is an in-service stressor? Here are some that the VA lists uh, as possible stressors under the law. Exposure to death, okay? So if you worked in mortuary affairs, if you were deployed in combat, all right, and you were threatened with death, all right, the fear or hostility of being rocketed or getting blown up by an IED uh, or engaged in actual combat. Those are things that are considered stressors, okay, actual serious injury, threatened injury, um, sexual violence, okay, whether it was actual um, or just a threat. So again, PTSD is linked to a stressor. That's why it's called post-traumatic stress. There was a very specific incident or series of incidents that linked to that, okay? The second one 
is PTSD combat, okay? So PTSD combat, again, has very specific stressors uh, that are in service stressors, okay? So remember the three types of claims, PTSD combat, PTSD non-combat, and other mental health conditions. PTSD combat stressors, here are some examples for when you go to file your VA claim. Perhaps you were exposed to rocket attacks, okay? Rockets and mortars, any type of indirect fire in Afghanistan. Uh, perhaps there was an enemy ambush in Vietnam, some type of an IED attack, uh, maybe in Iraq or in Afghanistan. Anything that may have happened on the flight deck, all right, if you were in the Navy or other services. Um, perhaps seen another service member killed, unfortunately, if you've ever been involved in that type of situation, okay? So again, combat stressors are usually very specific. Uh, you should have a lot of detail about what those are, okay? Some PTSD non-combat stressors, again, these are things like military sexual trauma, MST, uh, maybe a service member who you were friends with or knew of in your unit committed suicide. Um, perhaps there was some kind of a car accident, a training accident. Uh, maybe you were a victim of rape or perhaps you witnessed it uh, or you were threatened with that. Okay, those are all things that the stressor takes such a toll on your body and your mental health that you're never the same after those incidents, okay? And those stressors then lead to some significant type of life change, all right, which are things like nightmares, insomnia, panic attacks, depression, anger issues, relationship problems. Maybe you've, uh, you've been divorced or you're going through a divorce, um, okay? So again, you've got to point to the stressor and then how those stressors are limiting or affecting your life, okay? So let's talk a little bit about evidence requirements. So if you're a first-time filer of PTSD, okay, if you're sitting there, you're hearing my voice, you're like, Brian, I, I think I have PTSD. I've never filed before. So again, you've got to be very clear about what are the in-service stressors. Was it a combat situation? Was it a non-combat situation? Um, and how are you going to actually write that up and present it to the VA? Now, again, once you go to do this, PTSD is different than other mental health conditions because the VA is going to ask you very specifically for the in-service stressors. And what they're going to ask for are things like the dates, descriptions, geographic locations, what unit were you in, um, what were the dates of your assignment. Okay, you need to know these. You don't have to know down to the exact day, but you need to be very clear about what these are, okay? The third part is you need to provide what's called a statement in support of a claim for service connection for PTSD, okay? Now, well, everything I just mentioned, the dates, description, location, assignments, those are gonna be inside of that form, a statement in support of a claim for service connection for PTSD. You've got two options. You can Google that form, uh, statement of a claim for service connection to PTSD, you can fill it out in PDF, sign it, and upload it in support of your claim. The second option is on eBenefits, where you can go to file your own claim, you can complete the informational sections right there inside of eBenefits, okay? Or you can do both. It's completely up to you. I also recommend you write, personally, you write this, a statement in support of a claim for PTSD yourself. Okay, you're going to talk about, again, what is the nexus? 
what happened in service that leads you to believe that your post-traumatic stress disorder is service connected? Okay, and then in the other uh, section of your of your statement, the VA form twenty one forty one thirty eight, you need to talk about how your PTSD is affecting or limiting your life. Okay, and focus on those symptoms. Highly, highly recommended that you get at least one buddy letter. Two is preferred. Uh, all a buddy letter is is it's a credible statement from a firsthand witness, like somebody you served with, um, some uh, maybe someone you deployed with, you shared a room with them. Could be your spouse, could be your kids if they're over eighteen, could be an employer. So maybe it's your boss at work um, who can shed some light on. Yeah, I've I've witnessed his severe PTSD. He's had angry outbursts at work. Uh, there's been times where he's been too depressed to come to work. Okay, that's what the buddy letters do, all right? And VA examiners, VA raters, uh, rely very heavily on firsthand witness testimony, uh, especially if there's any absence of medical evidence or an absence of actual documentation, all right? Some of these combat incidents are not very well documented because there were either a lot of them or they occurred a long time ago. So, if you're unsure if your combat situations or your nexus or your symptoms, if that's not very clear in a medical record, you must, must get at least one buddy letter. Okay, again, two or three is, is recommended. Okay, now again, for a first-time follower of PTSD, the compensation and pension examiner, the CNP examiner will complete the disability benefits questionnaire for PTSD initial. Okay, so this is if you've never filed for PTSD before, your CNP examiner will complete that DBQ for you um, at your exam. Okay. The second one is this is the evidence requirements for PTSD increase. What this means is if you already have a rating, you're already service connected, and you already have a VA disability rating for PTSD, this would apply to you. Okay, so let's say. Uh, I'm a combat veteran, and I've got a 30% rating for PTSD combat, and my symptoms have gotten worse, all right? Maybe you've had some significant issues uh, over the last few years, and you believe that based on the law, you meet the higher rating criteria. All you need to do is get a disability benefit questionnaire filled out for PTSD review, okay, by a U.S board certified psychologist or a U.S. board certified psychiatrist, okay? And then I recommend you also personally write a statement in support of a claim on the VA form 214138 and talk about your current rating, talk about what your symptoms perhaps used to be, but mainly you need to focus on how are your symptoms worse? Perhaps you have more panic attacks, more frequent panic attacks than you used to. Your depression's worse. You've lost a job. You're now divorced, okay? Whatever those symptoms are that you believe um, are worse, make sure you document those very clearly so that the VA rater can see those. Okay, again, I also highly recommend you get a buddy letter. Uh, I talked about that, and you, you now know what a buddy letter is. It's nothing more than firsthand witness testimony by somebody who knows you, who perhaps interacts with you daily. Uh, again, VA raters rely very, very heavily on firsthand witness testimony, okay? But again, why do you not need to submit the PTSD 
the statement in support of a claim for service connection to PTSD, you're already service connected in this situation. Okay, so you're, you're simply filing for an increase. All right, and then the third type is any other mental health condition. So things like major depressive disorder, generalized anxiety disorder, schizophrenia, okay, anything not PTSD falls under this category, other mental health conditions. All you need here is a disability benefits questionnaire filled out for other mental health conditions. Again, it's got to be a U.S. board certified psychologist or psychiatrist. Um, if you're a first-time filer, okay, so let's say you've been out of the service for 20 years and you have no mental health rating, uh, but you've got a diagnosis of major depressive disorder. I highly recommend you get what's called a medical nexus letter, okay? And you need to have a statement in there of something like more likely than not. All a medical nexus letter is, is it's a statement of facts. Uh, it can be in like a, a memorandum for record format, an MFR format that simply documents uh, the physician, how he knows you, he or she knows you, um, if you have a current diagnosis, if so, what it is, and then the likelihood in the doctor's medical opinion that your other mental health condition is due to your military service. Okay, that's what's the nexus, right? So they're going to say something like, in my medical opinion, it's more likely than not that Brian's major depressive disorder is due to his military service, specifically incident XYZ, okay? And then the physician should sign their name and include their credentials and their contact info, okay? Also recommend you do a, a statement in support of a claim, just like for PTSD, document your severity of symptoms. How is your depression or your anxiety or other mental health conditions, how are those affecting or limiting your life? Okay, and again, buddy letters, highly, highly recommended. The VA raters rely very heavily on them, especially in the absence of medical evidence, okay? So some crucial factors. What are some things, if you're sitting there hearing my voice, and you're going, all right, what do I really need to be worried about? I think you need to be very worried about the nexus if you don't already have a mental health rating and you're already out of active duty service, okay? So you're already a veteran. That's the service connection piece. So be thinking through what are the clear nexus, what are the clear in-service stressors that led to your current mental health condition, okay? The other one I think you need to be thinking about are any pre-existing issues, okay? When we see claims get denied for mental health, it's typically because a CNP examiner writes something like not at least as likely as not, okay? Which means there's a less than 50% chance that your mental health condition was due to your service. We've also seen things like is not due to, their military service. And a lot of times when that happens, it's due to some pre-existing condition in the veteran's life. Uh, perhaps childhood abuse, neglect, um, things like that. And so CNP examiners and VA raters uh, are unfortunately quick to pin mental health conditions on things that happened in your youth um, if they find out about those things, okay? And again, you need to be truthful. I'm, I'm certainly not telling you to hide anything. You need to be truthful. But if you did go through a very bad childhood and suffered from some abuse, you need to be very clear in stating whether you feel you did or did not have a mental health condition before you entered active duty, and then specifically how your active duty service caused or made your mental health condition worse. 
Okay. So be very, very clear about that. The other thing is, do you even have a medical diagnosis? We see some veterans that come to us and they, you know, they say, Hey, I, I know I have PTSD and they've never been to a doctor for it. They've got no diagnosis. Okay. I can tell you you're dead in the water. If you've never, if you don't have a medical diagnosis um, on a medical record. Okay. A couple other things is, are you actively seeking treatment? Are you going to therapy? Do you take medications? What is your total level of occupational and social impairment? Okay, how is it affecting your work, your life, your relationships, and your social functioning? Okay, and again, all of these things uh, should be documented in a medical record, at the very least, on your own personal statement. Okay, apologize, this is a bit of an eye chart, but I think it's important. So this lists the actual rating criteria right here under the law, okay? Again, mental health conditions, all of them are rated on a scale of zero to 100%. At 100%, the, the criteria is total occupational and social impairment. Again, at this level, the, the symptoms are very, very severe. We don't see a lot of veterans who fall under this category, okay? It, mainly because the symptoms are just that severe. You can see there it talks about gross impairment in thought processes or communication, persistent delusions or hallucinations, grossly inappropriate behavior. Okay, so again, the symptoms are very, very severe at the 100% level. Okay, so now let's go to the bottom. So at 0%, a mental health condition has been formally diagnosed but symptoms are not severe enough either to interfere with occupational and social functioning or to require continuous medication, AKA vets, you've got to be vulnerable and honest about how severe your symptoms are because the severity of your symptoms is ultimately what determines the percentage of VA disability compensation. Okay. Uh, very common for vets to be anywhere between 50 and 70% here. We see a lot of vets at 70%, which is occupational and social impairment with deficiencies in most areas, work, school, family relations, judgment, thinking, or mood, et cetera. Okay. So if you're not, if you've got a mental health condition or you feel like you're underrated, uh, take a very close look at this because uh, most of the time your mental health rating will relate directly to your symptoms, okay? What the heck should you be doing right now? Okay, I think you should get an independent psychological evaluation with a US board certified psychologist. And what I mean by that is you need to get a disability benefit questionnaire or an excess letter and or an excess letter if needed for PTSD or other mental health conditions, okay? If you haven't done this, I highly recommend you get one. You can go get your own doctor. So if you've got a psychologist or a psychiatrist who treats you now, you can ask him or her to uh, complete a DBQ on your behalf. If you need a nexus letter, um, you can also ask them for that. Um, or you can come to us. Okay, It's totally up to you. Um, if, if you need some help, we're happy to, uh, to help you with that. Don't limit yourself, though, to just one diagnosis. So uh, in general, the VA is only going to rate you for one mental health condition one time, okay? What you'll see in the DBQ is there's a section that asks the raters and the evaluators of, is it possible to differentiate your symptoms if more than one mental health condition 
is diagnosed. So for example, let's say your primary diagnosis is PTSD, your secondary diagnosis is major depressive disorder, and your third diagnosis is generalized anxiety disorder. In general, in that situation, the VA is likely only going to rate your PTSD. They're not going to rate the other two. However, they might rate one or both of the other if they can differentiate the level of occupational and social impairment attributed to each diagnosis. Okay, Again, highly unlikely, but it is possible, uh, perhaps if you've got like a PTSD uh, situation going on and then maybe like a mood disorder. Okay, so you could possibly have two ratings. The other thing is you might have a secondary mental health claim. Okay, so if you're listening to this, and you're like, well, I don't think I have PTSD. I was never in combat, didn't have any significant issues at home, uh, but I do suffer from some depression. Okay, you might be eligible for a secondary mental health claim. We call it a, a lifestyle impact claim. But what it really is, is it's a high value secondary claim for chronic pain syndrome with depression or anxiety. So for example, if you've got uh, lumbar strain and chronic knee pain, and those disabilities have caused significant impairment in your life, weight gain, um, you're having trouble walking and running, you've become depressed, you now have anxiety, you can't work anymore, uh, it's very possible that you have some type of a mental health claim that you could then file secondary to your, your current service-connected disabilities, okay? Again, feel free to reach out to me if you've got questions about that. Uh, happy to, uh, to help and offer some advice. All right, so once you go about doing this, whether you're filing PTSD initial as a first-time filer, you're filing a PTSD increase, all right, which would be the PTSD review, or you're doing some type of other mental health condition or secondary condition, the VA is eventually going to schedule you for what's called the compensation and pension exam, okay? So the VA is actually going to call you in, refer you to some type of a doctor, psychologist, psychiatrist, who's going to conduct the compensation and pension examination. Know what's in your medical records, okay? I can't stress this enough. You've got to know your own uh, true story better than anybody else, okay? So you've got to know what's in there. The second thing is review your DBQ. So if you had a private doctor complete a DBQ, go back and take a look at their notes, take a look at uh, what they rated you as uh, on the level of occupational and social impairment, and take a look at all the blocks that they checked under symptoms, okay? Also, I think you should review the ECFR, Title 38, Part 4, a schedule for rating disabilities uh, for PTSD and other mental health conditions. Remember I took you through the scale of zero to 100? I think you need to kind of know about where you stand prior to your CNP exam. The fourth tip here is do not have your best day. I am not telling you to lie or stretch the truth. Okay, you have to be truthful in all aspects of your VA disability claim, period. Okay, but what I mean by this is mental health situations come and go. All right, you have good days and you have bad days. If you're having a particularly good day, you need to make sure that you're telling the doctor how you are on your very worst days, okay? And what I mean by that is you need to be uncomfortably vulnerable, okay? If it feels awkward or it's uncomfortable for you to talk about it, you're on the right track, all right? Major depression, hey doc, I've got significant anxiety, I'm having trouble sleeping, 
severe insomnia, right? I've got sexual problems now because of my mental health conditions and because of my medications, all right? Again, make sure that you're talking about all of those things. Bottom line, there's no substitute for knowing your true story cold and any potential in-service stressors that caused your major PTSD or other mental health conditions worse, okay? And if you need help, as always, again, Brian Reese here, the VA Claims Insider. That's what we do. Uh, we offer a full suite of medical consulting services. We've got a full staff uh, ready and available to assist you. So if you can't get a private doctor to do a DBQ or a Nexus for you, uh, it's very possible that the providers in our networks can and will. Okay, so if you need more medical evidence to help service connect your PTSD, uh, PTSD review, uh, or other mental health conditions to document on the DBQ, document the service connection piece, all right, uh, and of course your current symptoms, feel free to, uh, to check us out. Again, it's free to get started. You can go to vaclaimsinsiderelite.com, complete our, our simple uh, three-step intake, and uh, you'll hear from a member of our team within 72 hours, okay? So again, you need help with your mental health claim, that's what we do. Uh, we're experts in this stuff, gang, and so please don't continue to struggle on your own because I know how frustrating it can be to feel stuck, okay? Again, go to vaclaimsinsiderelite.com, okay? As always, vets, thanks for your service. God bless you and your family. Now, again, Brian Reese here, the VA Claims Insider. I'm out from Austin, Texas. I love you all, and we'll talk very, very soon, okay? Bye.